Hello and welcome to Pretty Sure It's Pretty Cure. I'm Cure Jessica. I'm Cure Jade. And I'm Cure Frank. This week we will be discussing episodes 17, 18, and 19 of the very first Pretty Cure series, Futariwa Pretty Cure. pretty good week how'd you guys yeah. feel about this week i love these episodes I, I, yeah i just i love these episodes a lot <laughs> there seemed to be an, a, a, a recurring theme of boy trouble which is one of the things that i i really don't like i've never quite understood it and i've slowly grown to hate it so but despite <laughs> that they're all right there mm -hmm. is there is a recurring theme of the boy trouble well We'll get into boys and these episodes. Yeah. Soon. The, this show has gone too long without enough emphasis on the boys. So we're bringing in the boys now. <laughs> 2004. It's, and this is a magical girl anime. Yes. But their most important thing is boys interacting with them. So boys, yes. boys interacting. I mean, I can't say I entirely don't relate. There were definitely parts where I was like, oh, honey, I relate. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it. We're starting with episode 17, Catch His Heart, Heart Throbbing Farm Work. Can I say something fun here? Sure. I know because I have put together the spreadsheets for all of the, you know, seven years or whatever of podcasts that we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we really want to watch all of Pretty Cure, uh, that the next season is called Heart Catch. And so when this was like, Catch huh. his heart. I was like, hey, like season two. <laughs> Pretty huh. cure heart catch. <laughs> huh. anyway. I wonder if that's where they got that. Or if it was just a fun little play on. Because really, no one's heart is necessarily caught. Except for some old people and meeple, meeple and meeple who really it's like now they're adding like veggies into they're, they're adding a new kink to their already like horrible sex games and just like please please stop it yeah <laughs> so the episode opens we get our general you know flashback to the last episode which was not a great episode and nope. so the flashback was like a bad reminder yep. um and then after the flashback because she's all concerned about everything that went wrong she's like well i just got to keep my spirits high and she looks over and there's there's fuji p and, and instantly that <laughs> practicing yes. his soccer because that's how you keep your spirits high you look at the hot boys <laughs> i totally understand that like i look at hot people and i'm like ah suddenly i feel much better <laughs> It depends what hot people and what mood I'm in. Like, yeah, that's true. Sometimes, sometimes I look at the hot people and I think, oh no, I am having self-image issues and I'm feeling inadequate in comparison to you. And other times I look at the hot people and it's like, hell yeah, baby, come on over. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Whereas I cannot relate to any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah diversity yay all points of view represent you and honoka have a lot in common yes, yes. 
yeah, Hanukkah. And Hanukkah is being like the best wing person, asexual wing person that the ever a wing person ever. It's great. Yeah, she's being such a good wing woman. So she sees Nagisa looking at Fuji P and quietly saying to herself, like, go for it. You can do it. And she's like, you know, you should really say that louder if you want him to hear it. <laughs> yes. And Nagisa's like, no, I wasn't. It was just like a. And she's like, okay, well, uh, we're going to help out on a farm. He's coming. Do you want to come? Well, only she doesn't tell us that he's coming. She asked, do you want to work on a farm with me? And of course, Hana, uh, Nagisa is like, yep, I want to work on a farm with you. And then she's like, great, Fuji P is also going to be there. Thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, that was a conversation. No, it definitely was like, seemed like Nagisa was like, yeah, of course, I'll go on a date with you. Oh, right. You're trying to set me up with the boy. I mean, yeah. that's acceptable as well. Because poor Oblivious <laughs> Monica doesn't understand the implications. I know. So we, after the opening credits, we then get to her, Nagisa is in her bedroom. She's got all her clothes laid out and she's trying to decide what to wear to go do her farm work. And that's when her little brother Ryota enters and is like, are you going on a date? And she immediately, you know, puts him in a, in a, what is it? Like an arm? I don't know. A, a headlock. It's sort of a semi, like really like big Head, uh, like headlock it's it's adorable and something you can only do with a small child so anyway she's like no i'm not going on a date i'm going to do something with honoka and it's like date with honoka nagisa is like imagining bringing out horrifying like heart-shaped root vegetables with fuji pea and it's just like no it's a farm don't don't make it romantic please <laughs> Farms are not romantic. No. They're dirty and gross. And so much work. So the next day, everyone arrives at this farm. Including including Demon Child, who I guess has been adopted into this group somehow. I mean, it makes sense. It They seem like really nice people. And he also would want to focus on the cures. So I, Right. And he is a soccer whatever prodigy person. Yeah. As we find out later. They're all going along. Fuji P, Fuji P's friend who recurs, whose name I don't remember. And uh Kyria the demon boy. <laughs> demon child. I'm I'm yes. Our little our little demon child. Um and they show up and the grandma's like, Ah, thanks for coming. Like, you know, because grandpa's hurt and so he can't do all this work. Right. Well, which which I was like, okay, they're gonna use the machines. No, they are farmers. They do things by hand, and I'm just sitting here in farmland, being like, that's not how farms work. <laughs> See, at this point, what I wrote down was, are these old people paying these child laborers, or <laughs> no, they're giving them tea and like rice balls. Presumably, that's all they need. I mean, because like later on, we get like you know some really good stuff with like Honoka's perfectionism and work ethic versus like Kiria not understanding how humans and society work, and that's right. like really good. Aside from the fact that Kiria has like a really good point, this isn't for school. You're not getting like an educational credit for it. It's not. It's like, you're, what are you get? Like, actually, like, 
why are these grown adults okay with letting a bunch of children do all their work for free? Well, because Grandma is uh, is a woman. She can't do all of this hard labor. And uh, Grandpa, uh, I doesn't work. Pay mostly. them. Uh, I don't know. Hire some pay workers. They've clearly gone after children because they know they won't have to pay them. Why don't you and you, you, my grandson, and your friends just come over and help me? Don't, I won't pay you. I just want... We'll do some bonding or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, ruining <laughs> a very important uh, like uh, character development episode. Because otherwise it's a really good character development episode, except I have this question looming in the back of my mind, which yeah, is if... like, is this ethical? Uh... Well, listen, listen. If we're going <laughs> to talk about ethics in a series where girls transform and fight bad people and then lie to their best friends about them transforming. And their parents. Yeah, right. And their grandparents. Mm-hmm. So, really. Yeah, no. Yeah. I get it. Anyway. <laughs> But also, one of my friends did volunteer on a farm for several years, so it's oh, not that. Man, that's so weird. Volunteering I mean, on a I've, farm. I've heard she... of stuff like that before. Yeah. But usually it's through, like, church groups, and so then it's like, technically, you're already kind of committed to each other by being in the same church. Right. She wanted to go into being a vet, but you need ridiculously high grades to do that. So, if she worked out so many hours huh. looking after animals, then she would get closer to being able to do it. I can't really remember, but yeah. Well, that sounds like she was getting something out of it, though. That there was a reason for her own interest that she was there. But yeah. they, they didn't know. She could have just... I mean, I assume they did some kind of background check, but beyond that, it could have been anybody. Oh, that's true. Hmm. Anyway. We'll talk about the ethics of where our food comes from and exploited later labor. <laughs> Yay, later. exploiting. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> this is not what this episode is about. <laughs> none of that. Actually, absolutely none of that. Instead, we get to see Nagisa be totally awkward because Fujipi, her senpai, has noticed her. And she is so happy, and she takes out so many radishes or daikon, daikons, I guess, out of the yeah, ground. So, so they're they're uh, they're pulling. They are next to each other, and they are harvesting these daikon radishes. And she's and she's she is saying out loud. And I expected him to say something in response because her mouth is moving. This is not a voiceover. She's saying like, "What do I want to say to him?" What should I say? What should I do in this situation? And it's like, hey, Nagisa, he's yeah. standing right there. But apparently he doesn't hear her because he doesn't respond. Oh, he just decides it's too awkward to respond to. So just pretends he never heard it. <laughs> that seems also reasonable. <laughs> but she's so nervous that she harvests a ton of radishes. And yeah. he's like, oh, man. That's amazing. Good job. A lot of girls don't like to get down and dirty, but I see that you do, and I think that that's incredible. And she blushes and gets excited and then becomes even more efficient at the radish picking. To which I wrote down, I wish being nervous made me productive. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's that true. is not what would happen with me. I would get no. complimented on it, immediately futz it and face plant in the dirt. I'd be like, yep, oh, I... really? That's very interesting. And then the the leaves would just tear off the top of the radish, and I'd have to like dig it out with my hands. It'd be a yeah. whole thing. Uh, and then we cut to Honoka and Demon Boy, who are uh, collecting cabbages with a big knife. Because that's what you should Which, do 13 year old Yeah, I just thought about that too. And it's like, man, I want to live on it. I want to live in this place where like a 13 year old and a small child um, go wandering in the woods and get giant knives to cut cabbages, you know? <laughs> I mean, they also took a day trip to some random lake, which yeah. me. I mean, I think there is also just a very different part of that might just also be a little bit Japanese. I think anime exaggerates it, but yeah, I know that they let people be on their own much, much younger in Japan. And I presume that, like, unlike maybe in the United States, where there are so many shenanigans children can get into, the basic assumption is that children will not get into these shenanigans, which I don't know how accurate that is. Probably not very. So they're cutting down all these cabbages. Uh, Hanukkah and Demon Child, yes. Yeah, Hanukkah and Demon and Demon Child are cutting cabbages, and then he's like, nah, screw this. And he goes and lays on top of a canvas tent thing and is like, no, I'm not doing that. And Honoka shows up and she's like, uh, no, everybody else is working hard. You have to come work hard with us. And he's like, I'm sorry, I don't understand why. (laughs) (laughs) Why I should do work. This is dumb. And it's like the perfect like 12 year old sulky like I don't want to do this this seems hard kind of response and it's so great and it made Hanukkah, me feel bad because I related to him a lot and I was like I should not be related to this no I I love it because it's sort of like we finally get some like actual like humanness to these villains who are pretty much he's a bad guy he wants to take over things and this one we start seeing like this is a child who has never been socialized except badly so yeah exactly he's he's he has no idea about anything so uh honoka is like no but you're gonna come help and so he's like fine i'm gonna come help and he's like why are there so many cabbages what are they (laughs) even for and she's like well they go out to people who buy them and then eat them and like society exists because of farms and he's like that's nonsense this is all nonsense (laughs) yes i don't understand anything that's happening humans are nonsense cabbages are nonsense and you know what i agree with him cabbages are nonsense like cabbages are gross well i don't i never know what to do with like a giant head of cabbage it's not like a head of lettuce i can do stuff with lettuce but cabbage like it's an odd i mean i guess you could make kimchi i guess cabbages are not my favorite leafy vegetable no. I mean, I just think of cabbage and bubble and squeak, and that's disgusting. So, oh, yeah. that's right. You do. Th- I like spinach. Do- Why aren't they harvesting spinach? That's a good leafy vegetable. Yeah. You do bad things to cabbage over and over across the pond. I mean, I don't know what good things you can do with cabbage. Um, coleslaw. I hate coleslaw. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's still not good. Coleslaw is an insult to salads. Well, it's, yeah. 
I mean, you have to find the re- there. There's like one good coleslaw recipe out there, and like five people that can make it good. So anyway, uh, so some people come and they're like, "Hey, it's lunchtime," and Honoka's like, "No, we slacked before, so we're go work hard now." And so everybody else is off having lunch while uh, Honoka and Kiria are continuing to harvest cabbages. And someone tries to like point out that man, Honoka's like kind of mean and nagisa defends her girlfriend yeah nagisa nagisa is like you you know what this reminds me of it reminds me of card captor sakura where there was that period where sakura and shoron both clearly liked each other but they each had convinced themselves that they liked yukito and they would like right and they would and so then like Stuff would happen and they'd blush real hard around Yukito and whatever, but then their interactions around each other were so, like, sweet. And, like, this whole thing where, like, people are like, oh, man, Honoka's kind of a hard ass. And Nagisa's like, no, she's not. She's awesome. She works hard and she cares about people. And, like, I think that she's a really good influence. And I love her a lot, but not, like, that. Like, just, you know, Honoka is a really good friend. And then Fujipi's like, aw, that was really sweet of you. And she blushes real hard because Fuji P said something nice to her again. And it's like, okay, but the amount of love you showed for Honoka just now was like way more than that little blush. Yeah. There's some fun sort of people having reactions to other people when really they're, yeah, there's some fun love triangles. I mean, fun. <laughs> if you like that sort of thing there's like there's some there's some cute stuff going on and then and then most importantly we find out that meeple and mipple have a sex toy yes so so uh so <laughs> is embarrassed and she runs off and uh and meeple and mipple are like yeah time to have some farm sex with our sex toy <laughs> that we're also going to hey children here's some new merchandise you can buy this at your local toys r us for 9.99 ask your parents permission first but it's the prism love checker which they seem to just like using for fun <laughs> just- you know what it reminded me of i don't know if either of you ever went to one of those stores where you would like hold it and it would light up depending on like how yeah, much you... at like yeah. on like a yeah. boardwalk or at the carnival yeah. where there'd be like a it'd be like next to the to the slightly racist like fortune teller machine yes there would be like a machine that's like oh yeah put in like a quarter and each of you holds this thing and it'll say if you're in love right and like it's i haven't like, seen those in ages but i was super like man those those i was always really bad at those because i never had really good group strength so i never thought they were particularly like realistic so i was super like man this is the worst kind of toy ever <laughs> so anyway this toy which i don't know how it works in real life because in the show it just lights up all the way every time well, as long as you're touching it with someone you love. Yeah, but we never see anyone else touch it. <laughs> well, we saw Meeple and Mipple, and then we saw the old people who clearly don't love each other because the grandpa is super grumpy. Yeah, because you know, having a yeah, uh, having a I broken want to arm. know if the actual toy, when you press it, sometimes is like, ah, uh, no, you're not really into each other, or if it just lights up all the way every time. In which case, it's fairly useless oh no it totally lights up all the time because 
they they know their small audience, which is girls like small boys, like things that light up. Yeah, but then <laughs> then it's a toy that doesn't do anything. It's just light. It's a toy. What did you think it was going to do? What did you if think it randomized it, you could at least because at least it's like those fortune teller bots. It no. gets randomized a little bit. Yeah, but then that, but then the kid won't love it because the kids want like small children love things that keep doing the same thing you do them over and over and over again. It's great. I don't know. This strikes me as a very disappointing toy. If it costs more than well, five dollars, oh my god! If I was eight years old, I would hate this toy too. But like babies, <laughs> although yeah, who knows? Babies need a love checker for. I don't know. <laughs> To check their love with other babies? You're a baby! I don't know. I mean, really. <laughs> so anyway, they're yeah. like, we have this thing. If you each press a button at the same time, it'll light up and it'll tell you how in love you are. And Nagi says, like, nice. I can use this to determine how in love I am with Fuji Pete. Which seems, like, flawed. Because it doesn't necessarily determine how compatible you are. It determines how in love you are. She and Fuji P hardly know each other. That's not going to be right. a useful metric at all. Well, and it, it's the assumption that like both of them have to love each other equally. And really, we've not seen anything from Fuji P that actually shows that he loves her. So, but anyway, she's like, "Cool, I'm going to take this. I'm going to go test it with Fuji P." And then immediately realize pulling out a weird toy and asking a boy you barely know to press a button with you. It's awkward. I mean, at least it's not like vaguely phallic looking to add sort of a fun nuance to it. <laughs> no, 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 because because Garden of Light sex toys have to handle Garden of Light sex mores and, and those are very different. The biology and the whole it's all very different as we've already seen in the show. Right. Well and like and later on I actually do have a biological question which will come up later. I think we have the same biological question. <laughs> yes. We will get to it. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love that I know what you're thinking and that I have the yeah. same thought and that like <gasps> okay anyway <laughs> right <laughs> uh, uh, okay okay so anyway she just has to try it on um the grandparents on she just she like gives the grandparents the sex toy and it's like you know what sex parents need to have sex toys too I'm okay with that yeah, so she goes to the grandparents, and she's like, okay, we're going to find out if this thing's legit. And she decides to ask them to press the thing, and it lights up, and Grandpa's like, that's really dumb, it just lit up. It just lit up. <laughs> What's it for? And she's like, ah. And it's like, Grandpa's got it like a point. What is this toy for? <laughs> to light up and show love, clearly. It just seems super sketchy the way she did it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've just stolen your DNA. Here I am collecting your fingerprint. <laughs> Which is super like, what are you going to do them with? It's fine. I'm not going to cause a murder or anything and set you up. Uh, so anyway, she yeah, she just does it. And they're like, oh, it's like a little toy. And then they start bickering because Grandma's like, I thought it was cute. And Grandpa's like, I thought it was dumb. And she's like, well, this toy's clearly broken because they're bickering and so can't be completely in love like it Which, said. 
they were. I just find it so kind of adorable because I clearly saw this as like old people who know each other for so long can bicker at each other. So I was super confused over this whole like, what do you mean they don't love each other? Oh yeah, absolutely. I um I work for um an entertainment company that happens to be run by an old couple of 70 year olds oh wow <laughs> and they're so cute and they love each other so much and i helped organize their 50th wedding anniversary Aww. and they're like super but they will also like just be like well then do it well then you do it well then <laughs> i was gonna make eggs do we have to do this right now <laughs> and i was like fine do whatever you want <laughs> I mean, I saw this as an excuse for the toy to not work. If it, the thing in the show always goes up all the way, then they have no excuse for the, the toy for, to not. So that just makes everything simpler. That's true. <laughs> Remember, we are selling toys for children. So anyway, she returns the love checker, uh, and then we get back to Honoka and Kiria. And Kiria, she gives him like a wheel, a bunch of boxes and a wheelbarrow, and she's like, go take these cabbages over there. And he hits a rut with the wheelbarrow, falls over, and gets the tiniest scratch in the world on his finger. Oh, yeah. I, and by the way, as he's been all doing this, like, with Hanukkah, it's like underneath she's, his breath, he's been, like, saying, like, human children, humans are so weird, and humans this and humans that. And I'm like, yes, that is a good way of saying that you are, in fact, a human person by calling humans weird. Right. I actually had a note earlier that was like, humans are weak. <laughs> and just wrote, hey, so are you human? Hanukkah. <laughs> like, there's a point at which I think Honoka should have caught on and been like, hey, so uh, you keep talking about humans like you're not one. Uh... Right. But I also figure that because Hanukkah has spent all of her time with other girls, she figures that this is like a boy thing and is like, la-di-da-di-da, -da, boys are weird. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so when, when, um, Kyria, uh, Kyria, thank you. I'm probably going to mispronounce that a lot. I'm super apologetic about that. I will just um, keep calling him Demon Child. Yeah, he gets that cut, and Hanukkah goes into like extreme mom mode. It is adorable. It's super cute. She's like, "Oh my gosh, are you okay? Oh, let me look." And he's like, "It is just a scratch." And she's like, "We gotta wash it and disinfect it." And here, let's go get you some first aid. And this makes the Demon Child see the light in humanity. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, you're like, why? Are, why do you? Why do you care about me? Why would you treat somebody else's cut? And she's like, well, I can't just ignore someone who's hurt because she's like really good. And he's like, are all people like that? And then she says yes, which is adorable and not true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but clearly, this is a child who has never had like anyone be nice for no other reason than being nice, which is just like, oh, demon child. Yeah, he has like. He's like, he doesn't understand, like, oh, she's being nice to me. And it mm -hmm. is super cute. I will say that here I did write a note that is like my, it is a negative note. And it says, I hope he's not a het love interest for Honoka, to be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> although I guess it feels like it is. Although Honoka clearly does not show like any of the same, like, no, she seems to have no interest whatsoever. Yeah. So, she hasn't noticed, which is just me and everything that people, yeah. Ace yeah. Hanukkah. So he's sitting there being whimsical about like, 
oh, a human, the human girl that I'm supposed to be fighting was nice to me. And people are like really finishing up and he's realizing how much work they got done because worked together and that because they skipped lunch no he skipped lunch everyone else had lunch well honoka also skipped lunch which i'm concerned for her you guys need (laughs) to eat hey people out there in the world eating is important also your tea is probably cold also your tea is probably cold at this point so anyway demon child is having these you know like oh wow i have i have feelings what What? and poison d shows up and she's like you're not having feelings are you like no (laughs) (laughs) pretty much no i'm not having feelings that's dumb okay and she's like great can we go and like do our actual thing we were sent to do hey uh remember how we're supposed to be you know stealing the prism stones and stuff and he's like yeah 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 so she summons zakenna who possesses an earthworm and a centipede super gross it's super gross (laughs) like i I have nothing against either one of those but the way they draw them is just oh i got some definite dune vibes from the earth i mean it didn't have the four-way open mouth has anyone else seen dune Uh, (laughs) i read the book and i hated him so that counts right i read the book too true story my middle school interest in dune was 100 percent because uh one of the major female characters in those stories it's called lady jessica and i was like nice (laughs) man that must have been disappointing it was disappointing because man oh hey dune dune wow anyway actually the bigger the bigger impact that i got from it was uh do you know the movie tremors i have heard of the movie i think i've seen like a trailer for tremors okay okay well it's like basically dune but funnier and actually good so uh, like that's actually a really good endorsement. That sounds like something I'd be into. I also, instead of like a rich white people being all like, meh, and genetic stuff and bad genetics, it's about a bunch of rednecks who have a giant earthworm try and eat them. It's good times. Nice. Nice. Yes. Nice. So there's a big old earthworm and it's causing like an earthquake and it starts attacking and the grandma and grandpa are getting attacked and the grandpa shields the grandma from falling debris and it's super cute and and it's it's clearly to show that they love each other like yeah they're really in love and the house gets like destroyed as fuck and then like like these little like these middle school boys that they're with like fuji p and the other one who's i'm never gonna learn his name but then they like show up in the house and they like throw rocks at the worm and they're like hey come and get us and it's like man these kids are brave yeah they're 14 year old boys there's not there's no like actual thinking their way through it i mean yes also brave too but also like also like impulsive so yeah so the girls then transform and are like all right we're gonna go and kick some worm butt i think they transformed in full view of everybody there as well Uh, i was thinking about that definitely definitely in full view of the grandparents but like all they wouldn't the two boys all they need to do is turn around to see them and i'm like surely this is a good you're still doing the secret identity thing yeah yeah the boys don't see them but you are correct in that all they would need to do is turn like the boys have run ahead with the worm chasing them if they turned around they definitely see this happening and like and we see the girls as they're about to transform 
in a shot through a hole in the house that has been created by the worm. And it's like a POV shot from the grandparents. Like it is the way it is framed. You get the feeling that the grandparents are looking right at us, but they show no sign later of having seen this. It's yeah. Secret identities, magic. Woo. So anyway, they transform and give their little speech. And when they give their little speech, they realize the worms already run way ahead. And so they go chasing after it. They kick it a few times and try to fight the worm and the centipede that shows up. And then in the course of the fight, White gets grabbed up and sucked into a cave with the worm and centipede. And Kyria, the demon child, summons a rock over the mouth of the cave. So that white and black are separated. Because mm-hmm. now he's learned the value of teamwork. He now knows how this works. Yes, he gets yeah. that. But he has also learned the power of empathy, which kind of ruins his own ability. It like contradicts the ability of teamwork. So he's very conflicted as he watches white get beaten up. Honestly, when this plan started, I was thinking like, oh, poison like you're losing your touch. Like you're just possessing like worms and stuff now. That's no mm-hmm. good. But then when it got to this point, it became clear that this was kind of their plan to separate them. And it was like, oh, never mind. That's a real good plan. Good. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, Poisony is like on on the on smart these cat last couple of episodes. She yeah. is like, wow. She is super good. So they're separated. The bugs are attacking White, who can do nothing because the girls don't really have powers when they're separated from each other. At least not their cool magic attacks. And Poisony's saying, Hey, hand over the magic stones. There's nothing you can do. Hand over the magic stones. There's nothing you can do. She's saying, no, I won't. I won't. And I care about my friends and my family. And I won't do. And Demon Child is watching this while maintaining the uh, magic shield. Like force field so that black can't get in. And he suddenly feels really bad for And in a moment of empathy and confusion, he takes his hand away from the wall where he was maintaining the shield. And the shield comes down. And Black, from her point of view, just kicked through a boulder. Oh, yeah. And, like, it says, like, something like, the the hero has come, or something adorable like that. Yeah, she, like, as far as she's concerned, she did that by herself. She's like, man, I'm awesome. (laughs) Which, you know what? I'm really glad, because I always feel like Nagisa needs, like, a confidence booster. But, yeah, once they're together, they do their pretty cure marble screw, (laughs) which is still a really funny attack name. They get the Zakenna. Who we only get to hear it turn into little Gomenas. We don't get to see the little Gomenas. Which brings up a question. Did they go and fix the house? One assumes. I have to. I'm going to say yes. Because the little old couple were adorable. Yes. And it would be sad if they were stuck with a half-destroyed house. And so then and then after they have destroyed Zakenna, Honoka sees the little tiny, now normal-sized earthworm that was the big one. And she picks it up. And she's like... Oh, an earthworm. And Nagisa's like, ew, gross. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> and I wrote, Honoka knows no fear of bugs because Honoka knows no fear. <laughs> no. She is a curious, scientifically minded person who, when faced with the unusual or unknown, is just intrigued. And that's beautiful. Well, and also she has the, she's like, has the persuasive ability of like 
I don't know, a bard or something who, if she gets talking with you, well, you'll instantly change. So this is like the second time we've seen her talk to people and make them change their entire mindset. So yay. Yeah. yeah the, the robbers was, they were really like a, like foreshadowing to the fact yeah. that, oh yeah, she's yeah. going to convert a demon. That's how good she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So they head back to the house and the grandma and grandpa are all and they're definitely in love and Nagi's like oh I guess they were in love I guess your little meter works you weird flesh animals with your <laughs> weird sex toys <laughs> but I still don't want to use my your weird sex toy with Fuji P which honestly I I totally understand that point of view yeah so she was gonna go like try to sort of confess or maybe test the thing and then she was like uh uh, uh, you did good work today. Bye. And it's like, ah, this is adorable. You did your best, which was really bad. But gold star for <laughs> not even trying. And that's the episode. Frank, what did you think of this episode? I enjoyed this episode very much, even though it was on the farm, and there was some sort of like not well thought out parts of this. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely do a seven out of seven changing evil hearts by talking to them. Aww. <laughs> How about you, Jade? I, yeah, I also, I rated it very similarly. I, I gave it a six for learning what it means to be human. Aww, <laughs> this is all very cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it. Yeah, no, I had thought I liked this episode a lot. I mean, weird questions about child labor aside, I actually really did like this episode. I like that we're getting some development for Demon Child. Uh, yeah. I liked Nagisa being hopeless because that's oh, adorable. And I also liked that it was a brand new merchandise commercial. So we're going <laughs> to give this eight out of eight plushy sex toys. <laughs> And that is episode 17. So I think it's time to move on to episode 18. Heart throbbing midterm tests are a love labyrinth. Uh, which I, based on the trailer I pointed out, it's like student crushes on demon child. And as we know, this has always ended well. Yeah, it's always <laughs> like, a good thing when you get a crush on a demon boy. Just right, know you like exist. I mean, like we know how Rosemary's baby ended. It ended <laughs> well, right? <laughs> okay, so the episode <laughs> opens, and once again, we're opening in the dark zone with the Dark King, who has started making weird dark sex noises. <laughs> You're right; he does. To oh. me, it sound it sounded like he was. A drug addict needing his next fix. So, you know, that's how different our minds are. Yeah, that is very... Ha- but he, whatever he's doing, he's, like, grunting and stuff. When he yeah. Like, what are you doing? See, I was more struck by the fact that everyone was, like, born from darkness. And I was like, is that literally or, like, metaphorically? Did he actually, like, like make these demon children the the demon gang if you will or did they just magically appear and then i went on to that sort of like chernabog having children and i was like nope nope i'm done with that thought for a while 
I just right. took it literally. I just sort of went, he went, I want some minions. Let's get this darkness. We'll shape it into vague human shapes. So then I assumed that, ah, uh, what's his face? The second villain, he was the first attempt. Yeah, well, also, um, so far with the ones that have died, it's been with the prism stones. So are the prism stones giving them life? Yeah. Maybe. Like, maybe he shaped them from darkness with, like, a prism stone in the middle. I don't know. He, But he's saying, like, we can only survive if we reach completion and to, you know, to be completed. Because otherwise we're unstable and we're going to die. So we need the prism stones or we're going to die. Give me the power of creation in those prism stones. And I wrote down, he thinks they can only become complete by stealing love. Not understanding that you can share it. Yeah. I want this plot to turn out like the plot to the movie Trolls. Has anyone seen Trolls? No. No. In Trolls, the goblins can only... I think they're goblins. I thought they were trolls. No, 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 no. The little ones are trolls. The little colorful ones. Oh, okay. evil guys that I think are goblins. They have a holiday every year where they eat trolls because eating trolls is the only thing that allows them to feel happiness because they hadn't considered being nice to each other man as a way to feel happiness instead so what like no one was nice to anyone ever they just like hit each other uh, never mind yeah yeah I, yeah no 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 it's you think about it too long and it's a hot mess but that's the basic plot is that like the trolls have to teach the goblins you don't have to eat us you could just like enjoy each other and do fun things well i predict with the, this one like Either what'll happen with like Demon Child is like he eventually will become like an actual boy, like a real boy after all, or he'll do a sacrifice play to save Hanukkah. That's my prediction. Yes, I think you're right. He also says that like if he dies, they will all die too. And I think he's telling the truth, but I also think it'd be really interesting if he was just lying to manipulate these people to work for him. (laughs) Not that we've seen like anything that they actually care like whether he would be lying to them or not because they're kind of assholes but if it was slightly more interesting anyway we get a recap from nagisa who even she admits she is a hopeless hopeless child and i'm like oh nagisa yep so meanwhile her friends after enduring this recap are like oh man we heard you went to a farm with kiria the hot demon child everyone's got a crush on him which i'm like yes because like a child, a man, a, a young man who has a dead gaze and scorns everyone and everything is totally attractive to teenage girls. Also got really good eyeliner. I noticed that this week. That is true. And is really good at kicking the ball. So, and then I remembered like the Edward thing from Twilight and I was like, oh, that's right. We're dumb yeah, yeah, when we're yeah. 12. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, mean, I like. I can't pretend I didn't watch Fushigi Yugi at around this age. Oh man! I, oh yeah, and I watched. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch that one, but I definitely watched Yu-Gi-Oh, which definitely had that kind of issue in it too. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're all like, oh, yeah, you were there with hot demon boy, who we all think is hot because we're very dumb. And also, have no self-confidence. Great eyeliner. And yeah. you can and- kick the ball. Yes. 
I think there's definitely he can kick the ball. And because he doesn't talk much, he is mysterious. And I'm like, that seems that seems fair. Meanwhile, we cut to Demon Child, who's looking at the river canal and throwing a rock into it and staring at the Band-Aid that is still on his finger. And he's like thinking about feeling and it's like he doesn't actually know what this feeling he what what the word he's had what this word he is feeling and it's like use your feeling words <laughs> okay so then we get to an adorable girl with a little flower barrette in her hair named seiko <laughs> who is explaining to everybody that she's really into this demon child and she wants to confess and they're all like yeah you should totally go for it which actually that was one of the things like I usually don't like like episodes where the girls are all like, oh my gosh, we have a crush on this boy. And usually because it ends up with all of the girls fighting each other, trying to get the affection of this one boy. And instead it's all like, oh my gosh, you like him and I like him, but I won't be nice to him because you like him. So we're going to all support you so you can get him to like you. Which is yeah, just... it was a whole bunch of girls just being really supportive of each other. It was I... really cute. Yeah. Whether they understood it or not, or were jealous of it or not, it was just like, you know what? I'm okay with this kind of thing. No, they're just like, no, he doesn't belong to anyone. Go for it. We're supporting you. We love you. <laughs> and then they ask Hanukkah, who clearly has had all of the experiences with love. <laughs> and like the look on her face when yeah. they ask her. <laughs> I, I, I have, when people have asked me for relationship advice, that is the face I pull and then do the same thing. I pull out some random crap that I'm regurgitating back at them. And I just, I had a moment with her there. Yeah, yeah no, she, I literally wrote, Honoka knows nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you think? And she's just like, I don't, I don't know. This all makes, I, I'll just, you know give general mature advice for how humans should talk to each other <laughs> yes. regardless of whether they're attracted to each other yes it's so great and they're like wow you're so like wise and deep and it's like she doesn't know you guys she, she has no physical attraction to any of this <laughs> also the other thing that is most important about this episode uh that was even in the title is that it is exam week coming up and Naya's reaction to exams which is straight up denial is oh yeah the they're like exams are coming up and she's like not gonna think about it you know what? This is how I approach money. <laughs> hmm. What do you, how much, how close am I to being able to pay rent this month? I could check my bank account or I could not do that. I could not do that until I absolutely have to. Yeah. And that's pretty much her reaction to it. It's great. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we have the boys who are playing the soccers. And uh, Demon Child gets tapped in to go do some soccers, and he does not high-five the guy on the way, you know, like you're supposed to do when you're being traded in with the sports where you hit each other's hands. This is a thing. I don't know. It's the sports thing. I don't understand the sports. Anyway, he uh, doesn't like... do that. He doesn't hit the hand, and the guy's like, what a jerk. But then more than that, he gets out there to play some soccers and he's like, well, I just need to get that ball, right? So 
I'll just slide entirely under this guy, knocking him completely off his feet and take the ball from him. And like, he really hurts this guy. And like, everyone stops playing to be like, uh, oh my gosh, he's hurt. While he's still running across the field, he gets his goal. He's like, yeah, I did it. And then he turns around and everybody's like, dude, what the hell? Like, give him a good contact sport. Like, he would be great at rugby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or actually, real football, aka American football. I don't think that's football. allowed in real football either. I, dude, I don't know. There's less kicking in the, re- in the like, American I like how we're saying real. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, it's not real. You have to preface, pre- preface it with with American and look at all the other European languages that have some kind of version of football for sport. <laughs> no, I just for did that record, purely. For the record, I've looked this up before. Both sports being called football or arrived at the same time it was not like a, somebody stealing a name from somebody else but neither of them is real football it's like american football and european football no i just wanted to say that because i know jade would get cranky about it <laughs> <laughs> super sorry jade <laughs> rather sorry not sorry <laughs> But no, um, American football. He'd be great at American football. Um, although he's such a skinny, he's such a tiny little thing. Like he really does look like he's eight years old. It's super weird. Yeah, yeah. he's not really beefy enough for rugby either. But he's yeah. got the right attitude. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> Cheating outrageously. Uh, and that's the other thing too. It's like this is a practice. You should be able to cheat outrageously, right? I mean, except that it, it's a practice, so you're with your teammates, and you want to keep your teammates uninjured enough to keep playing. That's true. So yeah, he's so confused about why why he like, did a bad. Yeah, like what he did wrong, and bless Fuji P, who seems to understand that this is like a child with no socialization. He's yes, like, he's like, okay, guys, he's like new. To, he says he's new to the team, but really it sounds like what he means is, like, new to humanity, though. No. <laughs> I mean, Fuji P is, like, a good captain, which is just... I, one of the things that does delight me occasionally about Japanese versus American TV is, like, the fact that we have good sports captains and good coaches who are, like... It's okay, small child. I know you're having a rough time, but I'm not going to like sit down and yell at you. As opposed to an American sports, it's like yes, the the team captain is is mean and rough and and is a borderline abusive. Hey, I think there's some nice stuff in the Friday Night Lights t-shirt t-show t-shirt. T-show yeah, TV with- show. That's true. That was an exception. Although I, I can't keep watching it because all I can think of was all of the concussions these poor children are going through. Right. No, I, I, I've only watched the first half of the first season and I spent a whole lot of time just going like, oh, this is so, ah, this is so unsafe and toxic. And why are we putting all of this on these children? And like, yeah, <laughs> it makes me very stressed. I also think that Americans also seem to have this weird, like, American schools seem to have this weird, like, obsession with sports and being the best. And it's... Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. No, that's a like, thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's just, like, people exaggerating online and then, like, 
TV shows exaggerating it, or it really is like that mental. No, it's uh, I, I mean, it... I avoided most of that in high school, but that doesn't mean it wasn't there. It was def definitely there. <laughs> Well, and I think it depends on like the high school you're in. I mean, if the the basically if there is no other sort of activity in that community and everyone goes to the, the football game, the American football game or whatever, then yeah, sports is sort of the big thing. But in other places where it's really not not the major thing it, it's not sort of like yes you need to be the best because otherwise you'll never get out of this broken town so i think there's yeah. there's a community and an economic factor to it too but there's again definitely an economic factor because you can get good scholarships and also a good career out of being good at the sport balls Anyway, as as uh, demon child is still sort of smarting from this idea that um people also feel hurt and pain and he caused hurt and pain and this makes him feel bad um seiko well, comes more up makes to him. him feel confused right he has enough to like this should make me feel bad this is like i don't understand why people are upset when i make them when, when i do the good thing but what i did the way i did it was bad yes uh this is when i wrote and this honestly covers like the next huge chunk of the episode so i just started putting tally marks next to it yeah this is when i wrote kyria needs some basic fucking shit explained <laughs> right like you should care about other people kind of basic shit so uh, because next little seiko who is so adorable is like i'm going to confess to you with letters Here's a letter of my affection. She tries to give him this letter and she's all like, I mean, you're probably used to getting letters like this. And like, he has no idea what's happening. Like, right. And he's just like, I don't. And she won't say it directly because that's not how this is done. Right. Like, you're supposed to kind of know what's going on and nobody, you know, especially like. In Japanese, saying anything directly is very forward. So she's like talking around it and holding out this letter. And like to any normal person, what was going on here would be obvious. But he's like, what's going on here? And she's like, you know, I know this happens all the time. Just not saying it. And he's like, well, this is, I don't have time for this. And he just brushes past her and makes her drop the letter. And it's like, ugh. Buddy. And uh, whatever he's like, this is an emotion that is making me confused, goes to Hanukkah, <laughs> <laughs> who's, of course, in a library. So he goes to her, she's in the library, and he's like, so you like studying? And she's like, yeah. So they go and they start talking um, on the bench. She asks about his finger and the little scratch on it. She's so concerned. He's like, oh, no, it's doing better because you did the thing. And she's like, oh, well, that's good. And it's like, were you up at night worrying? <laughs> no, she probably has it in like a little checklist. It's like, oh, I, I'm next to, did Nagisa eat breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> Is Kyria taking care of his finger? Right. I did, I studied for science test. Check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Said something nice to grandma. Check. Yeah. Petted the dog. Check. This is canon. Oh, God, yes. It goes in that little notebook, and one time they swap notebooks again, and Nagisa sees it, and she's like, what? 
because there's like a whole list of like Nagisa tasks too, like make sure <laughs> she has <laughs> parts of her uniform, remind Nagisa about her work. Honoka's a literal angel and she's taking care of everyone and possibly oh God, yes. the only competent person in the world. <laughs> Uh, well, things actually like change when she tells them to. So, of course. <laughs> um, and basically, I I love her. At least what I got from her discussion with Demon Child was like, uh, use your word, use your emotion words. When she's like, I don't, I don't know what these words are, and don't be a dick. And he's like, but that's sort of what I was born to do. <laughs> so that conversation did not end well. Yeah, no, he's well, like, I guess, like, people, it's normal for people not to know what people around them are thinking. And she's like, I mean, you could talk to people around you about what they're thinking, and then you would know what they're thinking. You could just ask. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I don't think that'll work. And you know what? He's absolutely right. Meanwhile, uh, Nagisa has decided to take studying very seriously because she, she has decided that boys don't like girls, don't get good grades. So she's gonna just knock this test out of the park tomorrow. Which, I mean, I, I, I don't like the sentiment, but I agree with the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> like, you shouldn't study because you think boys will like you, but... If that makes you study, then I really can't be against that. Yeah, no, that. man, use whatever motivation works for you. Yeah. I'm not gonna judge. So she starts trying to study, uh, and Meppel's a bad influence. Like, I wanna eat. I wanna play. Why are you being boring? <laughs> I wanna go and have sex. I uh, wanna sorry. go have sex with my sweet, sweet princess lover. But we do get to see a new card. Like, we just, it's like no introduction. It's just, she just magically knows how to use this card. And it's the the grown-up card. Yeah. <laughs> so she swipes. I love this card. I wrote, fuck, I wish I had a, a whip into shape card. Yes. <laughs> it's the Dutch uncle card, you know? Yeah, I wish, I wish that, like, I had a magic thing that I could pull out that's like, I am not doing the things that I should. And I just need to, like, summon an entity to be like, hey, get your life together. Stop being such a little shit. So, yeah, she summons this card and it summons this angry adult to lecture Meppel about what he needs to be doing better in his life. That's super great. So the next day, uh, I think that's what happens. The next day, Seiko tries to once more, uh, like, yes. with all first, of the support of the girls to go and confess to... First. Though we have to say, because we're getting more sort of like, like introspective, you know, demon child or whatever. Oh, yeah. There's this scene of him just floating in the sky. Like, oh, yeah, like yeah. Swimming pool. <laughs> just like, I want to go, I want to have an existential crisis in the clouds like that. Right? It's like yeah. so, like, what a mood. <laughs> That's where <sighs> you go to have your existential crisis the clouds yeah so he's doing this poison he shows up and she's like hey you're not having feelings are you and he's like uh no i would never and she's like oh well you won't have to worry about it because by tomorrow i'll have settled all of this and it's like oh man what's gonna happen nagisa wakes from a dream where she did great on her test and it turns out she did no studying instead she just fell asleep and had a dream 
where the studying worked. Which, uh, you know, I've had that dream too, but usually it's been the, I studied and then I got a big fat zero on the test. So that was nice to see the opposite of that. Right. Like she had like the opposite of an anxiety. Like, cause, cause my school related dreams are always like, there's a test today. I didn't know there was a test today. I didn't even know I was signed up for the class. I wait, like, you know, somebody calls me 10 years later, you missed a credit and didn't graduate. What? Yeah. <laughs> or you need to take this test and you don't know anything. And then you have to do a presentation afterward and you have prepared nothing for it. And ugh. yeah. Anyway. anyway, she has the opposite dream. She did great on the test. It's the best. Uh, she's woken up, finds out it's two in the morning, is like, well, too late to study now. Goes to bed. Uh, yep. <laughs> I mean, she was planning on staying up all, all night, so I don't know why 2 a.m. is too late. <laughs> <laughs> and also, by the way, PSA, this is a terrible way to study for a test. Don't cramping do late, late, late night cram sessions don't work. This is I this did is it proven. So they the next day, Seiko on test day, bold girl mm -hmm. is like, I'm gonna try this again. But at this point, Demon Child's getting like real impatient with all these feelings he doesn't understand. So Seiko shows up and she's like, Demon Child, I just I know I'm sorry that it's an imposition. Or whatever and he's like hearing this conversation that she's having with the best friends the two narus and he hears this conversation and he hears that honoka was one of the people who encouraged her and for reasons unknown to him that pisses him off <laughs> it's just one of those my crush wants someone else to like me or something like that or assured people it's just so it makes uh -huh. him so angry yeah, he gets so mad at the idea that maybe Honoka doesn't like him. Even though he like he barely understands any of this. He just realizes that like this isn't the attention that he wants from her. Right. From Honoka specifically is for Honoka to be encouraging other girls to talk to him. And he grabs the letter from her, yells, I've got nothing to say to you, and then rips the letter up. What a jerk. <laughs> super dicky super dick dickish it's a super asshole move and like man if you had a crush on him before that is the time to be like never mind never mind nope honoka finds out what happens because the girl's crying before school immediately on test day in her slippers she like hasn't even changed shoes in her slippers marches over to the boys school She's got such power and presence in this march. Like Yes. Amazing. And like no one even I, like this young female goes through this whole boys girl and, and it's like, oh man, she's got her resting bitch face on. No one stops her. No, the sea like parts around her, like everybody's like, I don't know who that is. I don't know what she wants, but she looks like she's about to kill someone. And they just clear a path. And she marches up to Demon Child and basically says, like, look, you may not have reciprocated the feelings, but you didn't have to be such an ass. And she's 100% correct. Yes. Uh, and she yells at him in front of everyone in the class, and it's so good, and I like her so much. And at this point, Nagisa shows up to be like, hey, uh, I know that you're upset, and 
like, you know, but we've got a test and like, maybe we could be a little bit more grown up about this. At which point I love Honoka's like, I'm not a grown up. <laughs> yeah, that was super great. It was really, really super good. And, and Diva Child is all like, but I, words, I don't know these feelings I have. I don't understand these words. And so, yeah, then Demon Child, like, has like a little, he like breaks down at this sort of yeah. attack. And he's like, I do not, he's like, I don't understand. You care about her. You like why you care about this other girl. I don't understand what these feelings are. I don't understand you know you like you said be considerate of people's feelings but do you know what i'm feeling i don't even know what i'm feeling what are feelings i hate this and like i do kind of feel bad for him oh my gosh yeah yeah i feel bad for him he does not understand what's happening to him or what feelings are but then honoka apologizes and i'm like girl you got nothing to apologize for yeah you don't have to apologize to him like, he is going through something, and that is important, but you you are 100% in the right here. Anyway, she apologizes. She says, you're right. I don't know what you're feeling, and so I probably shouldn't have judged you. I don't know what you're going through. And Nagi says, like, okay, this is all very tense and all very important, but also, we're going to miss our test, so let's go. We got to go right now. <laughs> Which I appreciate that Nagisa is the one who is, like, reminding them that they have, like, things to go and do and also i want to point this out just because i wrote it down because they cut to nagisa's desk several times and it's got her bag on it with the little pouch that she keeps yeah. meppel in and i wrote nagisa did you leave meppel behind and very soon we're going to get to that question of the episode and she's like no of course not and i'm like i mean you say you didn't and i guess the episode agrees you didn't but they shouldn't have drawn that on the desk like that then <laughs> it was it was a little bit like oh maybe she didn't first maybe she did forget him ha 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 but really it was just like yeah. sloppy something so they they run back uh both of them yeah and the bell is just about to ring and they're gonna make it just in time and as soon as they open the door they fall into a big empty pocket dimension space and we find out that poison this is poison eats plan to uh -huh. put them into a giant like dark room yeah so they fall a very long ways and then eventually end up in a room full of mirrors that's very phantom of the opera if you've ever read oh, the book and, yeah and it's just it's such a clever thought a clever plan that i was just like yes Right, this plan, plan is poisoning. very good. Mm -hmm. Conceptually, I love this fight. Yeah, oh, it's mm, it's probably the best fight I've seen from the series so far. So they, in this pocket dimension, fall into a hall of mirrors, transform. They don't have anyone to fight. It's just their reflection over and over again. Poisony shows up and is like, I'm going to take your prism stones. But every time they keep trying to fight her, it's just her reflection. It It's just... And and they really show them really fighting really hard and actually be really like it's just very hard. I mean, yeah, they're they're being massacred. Poisony had this all planned out, and she has them absolutely in her, just like in her grasp. She is yeah. totally in control here, mm -hmm. and it is very intense and very good. Meanwhile, uh, Demon Child is still feeling morose and not understanding what this was and thinking about the fact that Honoka 
apologized, which he doesn't understand either. And they're having this just like amazing, this amazing, amazing fight. And then even as they start to get the upper hand with Poison they do this thing where they each grab her by the arm and they spin her really fast in the air. And it's like, amazing? And it almost oh, yeah. feels... It almost feels like, oh, they've got her. They've totally got her. I thought she was gonna. This was gonna be her her exit. Oh the... yeah, I yeah. thought so too. I I it felt like this was going to be the climactic battle where they finally use like their their love connection to finally um, defeat Poisony. But then, I, yeah, there's another twist because Poisony's a clever fucker. I mean, she is just a great bitch in the yeah, best she's possible a really way good villain oh where she uses her magic and transports them in a mirror yeah she just snaps her fingers and then they're inside a mirror which is just like i mean first off why didn't you do this at the start i mean that I would have honestly think that she was just mad at them and wanted to yeah mess with them a bit because she's getting real sick of their nonsense Mm -hmm. and so then while they are trapped in this mirror she points to another mirror and just shatters it and says cool well there's nothing stopping me from doing that to you so i'm going to do that and then i will have no problem i'll just look through the rubble of the shattered mirror and find the prism stones later like Which is i'm intense. not playing anymore yeah she it's super intense, intense. And the girls can't do anything and they're like banging on the surface of the mirror and they're terrified. And then a light comes from behind them and right before Poisony shatters the mirror, they find themselves back in the classroom. Yeah, right outside the classroom where they disappeared from and back in their school uniform. Mm -hmm. And they run into the class and are able to take the test and they don't know what saved them. And Poisony also does not know what who saved them either, because she's all like, wait, wait, I had them. They were right here. Yeah. I wrote down Poisony's plan was flawless. Oh, yeah. I mean, it like, was there's a good no plan. It was a good plan. And so then we, we, we don't know who saved them. Was it Kyria? Was it, did he unknowingly, unconsciously do something? Was it somebody else that we will find out later? We don't know what saved them, but something did. And later we find Kyria and Honoka. Honoka is saying to Seiko, like, I'm really sorry that I asked you to confess. And then it turned out very badly. And Seiko explains, actually, he came by later and he, he apologized and explained things. And, you know, I was a little disappointed because he's obviously not into me but i thanked him and like you know it's all it's all it all worked out and we can sort of assume from that that kiria was the one who um managed to let the the cures escape yeah there there is a moment during that sort of thank you apology flashback where she looks up into the sun and it's like is that light supposed to be like the same light that saved them mm -hmm. but we don't get explicit confirmation like right now he's the the top contender for what saved them it is not explicitly confirmed right but also we don't know what's going off with grandma either so that's yeah, exactly. true it could always it could be, be grandma. grandma and then nagi says like runs up to honoka and seiko and she's like hey i heard you were rejected let's go get chocolate parfaits 
which is entirely the right priorities. It's like boy Correct. trouble, chocolate. Yeah, no. Exam Absolutely. tomorrow, chocolate. <laughs> and then Honok is like, you know, there's another test tomorrow. And Maggie says like, no. <laughs> Just straight up no. No. No, like, listen, we're not dealing with that right now. It's chocolate time. And that is the episode. It's so great. It was very good. What did you think, Jade? Yeah, I really liked the fight this time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I Five out of five for the, the cool mirror fight. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Frank? Uh, I I put um, um, seven out of ten ignoring exams as the best reaction. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I really liked this episode. It was good character development all around. We got just like we got good stuff from everybody. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to give it ten out of ten competent villain plans. Yeah, it definitely was my favorite fight uh, of the season so far. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't even like a main end battle, and it was still my absolute favorite. So yeah. It was very good. So yeah, that is episode 18. So next we're going into episode 19. Too scary. The Dark Zone's final trump card. Uh, AKA knocked off, knock off Piccolo finally shows up and does some shit. Right? He does. He's like, oh, he man. does not hold back. No. He, mm, mm, he, he does some shit, man. So the episode opens with some nonsense about Meppel continues to be bad for productivity Honoka and Nagisa are trying to study in the library Meppel's like okay but I want to eat I want to eat real I want some eat I want some food to eat I want some food to eat I want some food to eat so they go out and she swipes the food card and Meppel's gonna eat all of this food and Meppel's like oh I want some but like Honoka never swipes the food card Honoka's just like, but, share some with Mipple. And it's like, can she join without you swiping the food card? Presumably, because they're, I don't, I mean, I mean, if they couldn't, then she wouldn't be able, she wouldn't be asking. And it's like, just get your own food. But she wants to share to show their love. Like, you know, when your boyfriend or your girlfriend is eating French fries and you're like, you make the sad like faces at them and you're like, I also want those French fries. I mean, you could go up and buy your own French fries, but your love is eating those French fries, and you love him, and he lo he or she loves you, and so should share those French fries. Because Whereas I'll just steal them, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, grab, like, are you like how close are you? You might say like, hey, can I grab one of those? But do it like as you're as you're grabbing it. Right, right. Because <laughs> you're, so you're not, very rude. Yeah, right, and it's not like you're actually asking permission. You're just straight up stealing them, and they just they are being rude if they say no after you've already <laughs> taken that food. I mean, really, not yes. your fault. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, and actually, this was this was the other thing too, where I was questioning the um, biological ability. Okay, no, we're looking to that. We will get <laughs> okay. to it. So, All right. Okay. So it comes first later. we get to the dark zone, and the dark king is making the weird grunt noises <laughs> again, <laughs> and it's like I want to live forever. And I'm like, uh, I'm thinking of the Queen song, "Who Wants to Live Forever?" Who wants to live forever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
So then we, after we get in the Dark King, we get back to Nagisa, who is thinking about what happened last episode. And she's like, oh man, we were almost totally defeated. And then like, we were saved? But how were we saved? What happened? And then she's like, well, I guess it doesn't matter. And it's like, be more curious, Nagisa. <laughs> this is why Nagisa does the recaps, not Hanukkah. Hanukkah would be asking. Yeah, Hanukkah would never stop asking. Uh, and Nagisa's like, yeah, everything's fine. I almost got killed. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so they, Hanukkah and Nagisa uh, meet up again. Meppel hops out again in public and is like, I'm hungry. I want to eat this. I want to eat that. I want to eat this. And they have to run and hide so that people won't see him. Talking about all the food that he wants to eat. And they're saying, like, you have been eating, like, a lot recently. Right. (laughs) You have been eating. You've been acting strange. And all you want to do is eat food. And, like, and this is what I wrote down. And I'm sure this is what you were going to get, too. (laughs) Is Meppel pregnant? (laughs) Yes! That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And all like the change wild angry mood swings, always hungry. <laughs> yes. Like that's what it like I know. All that <laughs> stuff seems to be hinting towards. Right, and it makes sense. I mean, yes, clearly he would be so emotional and like be all about him and not being capable of like Mipple because he's already knocked up. So why does he have need to worry about Mipple? <laughs> and then I was starting thinking like it would make sense because maybe it's like the, yeah, the seahorse know. thing. Yeah, we don't know how right. their biology works. Right. Uh, sadly it does not seem like that is likely it is because he is trying to prepare for whatever happens next even though he doesn't actually do anything in battles yeah and so this is where mipple and mepple have uh an argument that's like she's like i don't know it just seems like you're not taking being a guardian seriously and he's like well I just, you know, no, I'm trying to get ready and prepare. And he's like, you can't call yourself Princess of Hope if you don't understand that. And she's like, I can't believe you told me that I couldn't be Princess of Hope. And he, he was like, well, you told me I couldn't be the Chosen Guardian. And they're like mad at each other. And they get in a big old fight. And Meppel is an ass in this fight. And Meppel starts crying. I know. She was only worried about him. I mean, he's acting weird and eating a lot. Right. She's worried about and, somebody. And she probably knocked him up. So she would totally take responsibility for the being the baby daddy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely kind of disappointed that that wasn't like... I, I know. <laughs> I wanted baby meeples or mipples. I'm not sure which. Or would it be... We still don't have a name for the species. It's just the, the, the first names we have. There. Yeah, and they, and they always end like with Meepo, so maybe they would be maybe Meepos? I don't know. I don't know. This is a, um, these are the serious questions about this episode. Yeah, very serious questions. So um, uh, they have their big fight. Um, later, they're at home, and Nagisa's talking to Meppel, and she's like, okay, time for dinner. And he's like, no, I don't want to eat anything. Now he's mopey and sad and self-conscious. And She's like, well, that's unusual. Are you mopey and sad and self-conscious? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel bad about the fight? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I feel bad about the fight. And then we get sort of this thing where it cuts between 
Nagisan and Meffel and Honoka and Miffel and both Meffel and Miffel are saying to their respective warrior guardians like oh you know like I feel really bad about it I feel I just I don't want to ruin our friend we're so close and I didn't mean what I said I should probably apologize so and- then uh, Nagisa and Hanukkah meet up in front of a, a I just usually I don't pay attention to the words in the background because usually they don't they're nonsense or they're not translated but I really appreciated that one of the words for the store was in big letters bookstore in English which I just <laughs> always i'm delighted to see yeah so they meet up and they're like you know and nagisa pulls honoka aside and she's like meffle's worried about the fight yesterday can they like talk and so they pull out miffle and meffle and they're you know both feeling sad still and it looks like they're both about to apologize and instead they're like no you know what i don't have to apologize this is on you it's not on me it's on you well you said this well, you did that. And they just kind of rehash the fight and go back into their little cell phones all mad at each other still. And then when they look up from this fight, they look around and it's so creepy. Everyone is passed out. It's like they got transported to like a zombie movie where everyone's dead and the city isn't running. It's yeah, really like cool. everything is turned off. Everyone is collapsed on the ground. It actually reminded me of in the Sailor Moon R movie. I don't know if either of you have seen that. Um, in uh, the, but years ago, and I cannot remember it. In the first Sailor Moon movie, the first scene that really kicks off the action, the girls are like walking and talking, and then they turn a corner, and they reach this, it's just this very creepy, tense scene. They, there's this street where everyone is just collapsed on the ground. And, like, all of a sudden, the tone changes from, like, happy talk to, like, (gasps) and it's very intense. And then zombie people start attacking them. That did not happen here. No, no. (laughs) Uh, Because, actually, earlier we get this sort of, um, as they're talking about why uh, Meeple and Mipple are so emotional about their roles, it's because they talk about how the energy in the world... um, from the power of creation but it's the same energy we see on earth too yeah that that the energy that makes up the garden of life that they are from the energy of creation exists in the garden of rainbows which is where Mm -hmm. we live as well right and so they why is it garden of light garden of rainbows but dark zone why isn't garden of dark because it's too dark to grow no you get Mushrooms and stuff. I was about yeah, to say moss, they should just grow in the dark. Yeah. They should just grow fungus. Yeah, they could save a lot of time if someone told them how to utilize their resources. Anyway, yeah, but these are the same people who were um like in awe of a vacuum cleaner. So, like, yeah, can you imagine what they would do with like glow in the dark mushrooms? Oh, it'd be amazing. I know, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, so, anyway. anyway. <laughs> Uh, so everyone's all passed out and the flowers are all wilted and dried and nothing is running and the girls are like this is super creepy and even Poisony and Demon Child are looking at what's going on going uh this is this is is no good (laughs) yeah this is like a lot this is very bad and bootleg Piccolo is sucking (laughs) all of this energy up into a rainbow 
sphere in his hand and the girls who are seem to be the only ones not affected are running around probably because of like the light magic that they have presumably i mean that's the assumption that i got from it anyway yeah are running around trying to figure out what's going on and they run into bootleg piccolo who turns around very dramatically he like shows up in a dust storm turns around and he's like oh it's you guys all right this is gonna save me some time i'm gonna fight you and take your prism stones right now so he starts sucking up their energy well they transform first finally which you feel like you would have done the instant you saw the passed out folks but okay yeah it might be you know i don't know a plague-borne illness or something transform uh yeah. <laughs> i know it always seems to take them a while to transform it's like really you would think that the first reaction you would do is transform and then punch people but yeah yeah so they start um they start fighting him and he they can't land a single hit on him they yeah. run in and he just like knocks them back i mean he doesn't even have to touch them it's nothing Oh yeah, it's a it's a pretty epic curb stomp. Like this is probably the first time where we've seen them. Everything they've done has been completely useless. Yeah, they've just one hundred percent. They are unable to do anything. They even look like they're gonna try, you know, the marble screw. But then before they can start it, he starts sucking out all of their, mm -hmm. you know, light energy stuff. All of their creative energy. He's sucking <laughs> all the power of light. And there are all these rainbows coming out of them. Taking away their she like, he like sucks the gay out of them. So now yeah. they're back being straight and unfabulous. <laughs> yeah, no. It, like, this is, this is what happens when you suck all the gay out of the world, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks all the power of light out of them. And they are untransformed in front of them. And he's looking at all this power he's stolen. And he's like, wow. This is pretty good. Can't wait to give this to the Dark King. And the girls are like, what do we do? He's like, hand over the prison stones. And they're like, no. No. But also, <laughs> they have, like, no way to fight. They can't. They're too tired. They cannot run. They cannot. Mipple says, we can't run away. And we can't fight anymore. Like, what are we? Mipple starts really just being, like, very, very, like, what are even our options and that's when Mepple's like no you can't say that you can't say what are our options you're the princess of hope the princess of hope has to stay hopeful and he's just like really like i love you guys and i'm gonna fight for you guys and i'm like you're so brave and it's like you dumb you are literally a stuffed animal who can't even like punch things really hard but he's going to go up against him and it's just like oh meeple nipple you're so dumb and adorable and yeah he's he's like listen i will take on bootleg piccolo and you guys run and they're like that's a dumb plan like one, you're important to us. Two, without you, we can't even be pretty cures. And he's like, even if you can't become pretty cures, like, I believe in you guys. You have to live. I'm going to protect all of you. We've already said they can't run. And I don't know what this is, would have even achieved. <laughs> well, like, he just, he felt feelings so strongly. This is when I wrote Deus Ex Mepelna. <laughs> No, that's accurate. That's pretty much what happened. 
Uh, he feels feelings at, at bootleg Piccolo so strongly. He's just like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to protect people. And he feels the feelings so strongly that the little power rainbow sphere starts breaking up. And all of the energy gets sent up into the sky and rains back down on everybody. And the so girls are transformed back. Everyone gets a nice gay rainbow and they all feel empowered, which is exactly what should happen. Yes. Meanwhile, Bootleg Piccolo is like, I don't understand what happened. And I wrote down, I don't really know what just happened either. <laughs> <laughs> a power of positive thinking, I guess. Or, this was very, like, this was a good episode, but this resolution was very much like, you just have to feel things a lot and the problems will just fix themselves. Right. It's, it's really like, it's a really shonen thing, which I always stupidly love because it's like, if I feel hard enough, things will work better. And it's like, that's not actually how that works, but I really appreciate them doing that and doing the almost sacrifice play, which for a series that is pretty much the fluffiest of series, it's like, I will die. I, this character is like about to die and still manages but we can't actually show a good guy dying so yeah there's this a lot of gay rain falling rainbow gay rain falling on everybody and then nipple is like you know the Princess of hope is like oh my gosh the garden of rainbows like the, the power of the garden of rainbows came to our aid and it's like okay i guess i'll take it whatever yeah. <laughs> right. we can't exactly like beat up nipple because he's like a tiny stuffed animal so yeah so we'll we'll just buy that the energy ball the 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 beautiful rainbow sphere had feelings it could feel methyl's feelings and decided to fight back because of methyl yeah that makes sure, as much sense happened. as any you yeah. know well i assume because i was only half a take paying attention by this point <laughs> <laughs> was that the um Ball got too full because they Hanukkah and Nagisa had too much power because they because they're like, just the so of light full of... power. So yeah, it started cracking from under the I don't know magic pressure. Yeah, and and Mepple deciding to fight back at that was just kind of a coincidence, and he yeah. did nothing yeah, that no. would have worked out the same way. <laughs> yeah, that that ended the fight between Mipple and Meeple, which is really the most important thing in this entire episode. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I could see that, too, especially when later on Bootleg Piccolo is all like, that power, there was so much of it. So yeah, it's the over. girls, they transform, they do their pretty cure marble screw. For a moment here, I wrote, rest in peace, Bootleg Piccolo? But... <laughs> is he going to get, like, team rocketed into space? Because I would appreciate that. Like, I, I kind of almost, for a moment here, expected him to be a single episode villain. Like, yeah. uh, we don't really know what to do with this guy. We'll bring him in. He'll be really hardcore. And then they'll kill him straight away. And then we can focus on the two more interesting villains. But that is not what happens. So they marvel. They do the, the pre-cure marble screw. And then he disappears. And they're like, oh, uh, where did he go? But the day is saved. And everyone's got their energy back. And I'm sure no one even put on the news. Because at this point, everyone here is just so used to this. Well... <laughs> Back to back to like the previous episode where a giant worm and centipede destroyed a house and everyone was like, yeah, that's fine. That just, you know, it just happens. Yeah, stuff just happens. So presumably they're in the same sort of like, you know, everyone's fine. No big deal. Nagisa and Honoka go back to the park and Mipple and Mapple come out and 
Mipple apologizes first when I really think Mepple should have apologized first, but that is me. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, Mepple did the real brave thing during the fight, which I appreciate, but he was also the bigger asshole when the fight started. Right. <laughs> Always an asshole? Yes. I don't know what Mipple sees in him, to be honest. I don't know. But he is carrying their child now. So. <laughs> That's true. You really, really. And then we see Bootleg Piccolo standing over the city, clenching his fist. Like, what was that power? It was over 9,000. It's over, like, it's over 9,000. That's Dragon Ball Z, right? I'm Bootleg Piccolo. <laughs> It's over. It's it's over six thousand because I'm bootleg Piccolo to get these things. There off. we go. <laughs> there we go. And then for some reason the episode just ends on they cut back to the Dark King making a bunch of groaning sounds again, just like in case, making weird sex noises again, just and like a like, shot oh. of him being like. <laughs> like, can we not? Hey, Joe, why did you start making the Dark King make those noises? We need to make it as uncomfortable as possible to prove how evil he is. That's true. I'm good. Well, and like the other side it has like weird sex toys, so yeah. we gotta, we gotta add gonna... some. He's just super into BDSM. <laughs> and it's not That's even what the healthy. chains are for. It's there just a cake thing. And it's, it's like. <laughs> Maybe he forgot his safe word. <laughs> I want to know who chained him up then to do this to him. Is, the, is there, there another being of that size? Just you know, <laughs> being all into chains and whatnot. I mean, Where? still, who chained him up anyway? Right. But, Where and do maybe... baby dark kings come from, you guys? <laughs> and maybe the prison stones are there to like help him become the dom that he always wanted to be. <laughs> All right, Jessica, what did you think of this episode? I enjoyed this episode quite a lot. I'm going to give it three out of four deus ex mepplenas. What, what did you think, Jade? Like, it was definitely the weakest of these three. I also I spent so quite too. a yeah. while. Because we've got, they're in like the summer uniforms or something as well. I can't quite a while trying to figure out what I don't like about them because I really don't like them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wrote down, oh, summer uniforms. But oh, I yeah. had no thoughts about them other than like, oh, they're in their summer uniforms now. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out why. I was like, huh, they're wearing skirts now. Those skirts are really cute. They're in their summer uniforms. It must be getting warmer. So do you have a rating? <laughs> Yes, I'll, I'll get. Sorry, I've I didn't write it down. So, mm, like three out of four for gay rain. Nice. Yeah, and then I I put down uh three out of four, um bringing out the super powerful villain, not at the end rather than you know at the beginning when they wouldn't have gotten so powerful. No, that was it was it was pretty good, and that was. The week, and then we have the preview for next week. So for all of all of you people out there who want a teaser, next week it looks like Poisony is going to disguise herself as Honoka, and just there's going to be two Honokas. Which one's I'm, the real one? 
which I, I my reaction was, oh man, Nagisa's like perfect fantasy, a threesome <laughs> with Hanukkah. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, we have that to look forward to next week. Um, if you want to watch along, next week we will be watching episodes twenty, twenty one, and twenty two. I'm Cure Jessica, and you can find me at timemachineliveblogs.tumblr.com. I'm Cure Jade, and you can find me at theneptuneviolin.tumblr.com. I'm Cure Frank, and you can find me at drasneenfrank at tumblr.com. Uh, and until next week... Return uh, to the darkness from whence you came! Yes! <laughs> Why did it take us so long to get there? <laughs> That's obviously the answer. I know. Oh. <laughs> because I feel a little bad about calling our audience darkness, but really, guys, if you're listening to this, go back to the darkness. Go to the darkness and teach them how to grow plants in the dark. Yeah. Show them electricity and mushrooms. <laughs>